You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. Today's episode is five pieces of unhelpful relationship advice and what to do instead. So this is in response to having a lot of clients and students and others in my community recently asking me questions from a state of real flux and confusion. Uh, You know, they're in a situation in their relationship And they've got all of these kind of one-liners bouncing around pieces, you know, snippets of advice that they've picked up from all over the place. And they're having a hard time synthesizing that and figuring out, you know, what that translates into in terms of, you know, actual tangible, useful advice for their life. And so I'm hoping that today's episode will help you in sifting through some of that. Particularly, I think if you're someone who struggles a bit with self-trust, if that's not yet where you're at in terms of being able to to wade through the noise, particularly on social media and, and other places where we get this kind of advice from, if you're not yet at a place where you have enough inner discernment and clarity to know what works for you and what doesn't, then I think that you know, at least knowing what advice you can kind of put to one side, at least from my point of view, that I think is not particularly helpful, I'm hoping will be supportive for you. So that's what we're doing in today's episode. Before we dive into that, a couple of quick announcements. The first one is a happy announcement, I hope, for those of you who love the show. We're actually going to be shifting to two episodes a week from this week. So there'll be the regular episode on a Wednesday, Tuesday, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, And another episode on a Friday or Thursday, again, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. And the Friday episode will be a Q&A episode. So I'll be selecting one question each week, maybe two questions from the community, whether that's Instagram or, or elsewhere. I just received so many more than I could ever answer. And I'm hoping that this will not only allow me to give you more of what you want by way of more podcast episodes, but also allow me to dive into some of those questions that I get in a little more detail and nuance, because while I do a weekly Q&A in my Instagram stories, obviously there are constraints to that format. And so I'm hoping that this will address that and allow me to dive a little deeper. So if you haven't already subscribed to the show or turned on alerts or whatever it is that you do, make sure that you've got that sorted so that you can receive those alerts now that we'll be going to two episodes per week. The other less exciting announcement. It's just a little warning. There are so many scams going around on Instagram. If you do follow me on Instagram, or if you start following me on Instagram, you're more likely to get targeted. There are all of these imposter accounts. So they'll set up a duplicate account with, you know, one character or so different in the name. And then they start spamming followers, people who follow me, asking them for money, offering, you know, relationship readings, whatever they are, palm readings, you know, future astrology readings, whatever, and asking for a donation. Please, I can tell you very unequivocally, I will never ever reach out to you and ask for money in any circumstances. Uh, so be be discerning. Uh, assume that that is a fake. I get so many DMs, people saying, I'm not sure if you know about this. 
I, I do know about it, but there's unfortunately there's nothing I can do. I've reported them. Dozens and dozens of people, probably more, have reported them on my behalf. Instagram doesn't shut them down. So it's only so much I can do beyond warning people. Uh, this goes for other people. This is not just me that's impacted by this. Um, anyone with a sizable following, these spam accounts pop up. So just <laughs> you can assume for me and any other person with a sizable following, no one is going to be um, messaging their individual followers, offering any sort of services and, and asking for money. So just assume that that is a fake and, and block and report them. Okay. And just quickly, I wanted to share the review of the week. So this one is from Bella and it says, this podcast has been an insightful dive into my anxious attachment style. So many little nuggets of wisdom from how to set boundaries, self-abandoning, people-pleasing, and self-worth. The short episodes are easy to digest and I find myself re-listening to them when I need a reminder of how to work through my anxious attachment style. Stephanie's clear and calm voice feels like I'm listening to a friend give advice. Please keep sharing the word about attachment and hopefully we can all work through our insecurities with awareness. Thanks, Bella, for the beautiful review and I'm so glad that you're loving the show. If you reach out to me, sending an email to podcast at stephanierig.com, then we will set you up with free access to one of my masterclasses so you can choose which one and we'll arrange access to you as a way to say thank you for taking the time to leave a review. Uh, if you are listening and you would like to have your review featured, again, uh, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll choose one each episode. So that's now two opportunities each week uh, and you'll be able to get free access to one of my masterclasses if I read your review out on the show. Okay, so with all of that out of the way, let's dive into these five pieces of unhelpful relationship advice and what to do instead. So I think that there's there's a real theme that emerges here, as you'll see when we dive into these, and that is that a lot of these bite-sized pieces of advice are very black and white. And as you've probably heard me say before on the podcast, if you've worked with me in one of my programs, everything's messier than that, right? (laughs) Life is messier than that. There are many, many, many shades of gray in between the black and white. And I think that when we're coming from a place of fear, we often gravitate towards black and white because we think that offers us the certainty and the clarity that will make things easier, that'll make everything make sense, that'll take away our confusion, our doubt, our fear, our worry, But the reality is that, you know, healthy relationships actually involve a lot of uncertainty, Um, not necessarily the the insecure type of uncertainty, but just factual uncertainty, right? And mess and in-betweenness and shades of gray. So I think as an overarching point, any kind of relationship advice that is giving you big sweeping generalizations, black and white statements, um, I would be steering clear of that. So the five pieces of advice that I'm going to dive into today. The first one is never settle. So I think we hear this a lot, right? We hear this a lot on social media, on various other places. You've probably Googled, you know, relationship advice and you might've seen this never settle. And why do I think that this is bad advice? I think the reality is that for the vast majority of people, No, I think for everyone, no matter how much you adore your partner, no matter how compatible you are, no matter, you know, how brilliant your relationship is, there will be aspects where you are settling in the sense of compromising, right? 
compromising is really fundamental to being in relationship. So while, of course, I would not be encouraging you to settle in the sense of, you know, persisting in a relationship or a dynamic with a person where it feels really deeply incompatible, not right, uh, you know, where there are really core and persistent value mismatches or needs being unmet, even when you've, you know, tried to communicate in a healthy way and you've, you've really given it a go or you're being mistreated, right? Even if it's, you know, far worse than that, of course, the, the never settle thing is, is not meant to encourage you to settle in those situations where it's really like unequivocally bad or not working or unhealthy or dysfunctional. But anything short of that, I think we need to recalibrate our expectations around, you know, the fact that people are imperfect and that with every person that you date, that you are connected with, there will be good things and there will be less good things. There will be things that you love and value and there will be things that drive you nuts. And that doesn't mean that you're incompatible. So my advice as an alternative to the never settle is figure out what is really important to you, like the big things, the core things, the value-based things, figure out how you want to feel in relationship, figure out what you want your life to look like, the big stuff, and then get ready to settle or compromise is probably the better word. Get ready to compromise around the edges, right? Because you're going to have to. And I think that advice like never settle leads us to be pretty flighty a lot of the time. I think we are very quick to compare and to go into this grass is greener kind of mentality of, oh, like those people over there look happier than us. Maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe I'm settling. And we can have anxiety about the fact that we might be settling. Even if we're on the whole pretty content in our relationship, there can be this sense of, you know, almost preemptive fear or anxiety of, oh, I'm scared I'm making the wrong decision by being with this person. I'm scared I'm settling because, you know, we don't completely align in every respect. The thing is, that's just, that's not how it works. There are going to be things where you're different and that's actually a good thing that keeps your relationship interesting and allows you to be your own people. That's healthy. Okay. So figure out what's really important to you and then get ready to compromise around the edges. Okay. So the second piece of bad relationship advice that I want to offer is when you find the one, you'll just know when you find your person, you'll just know when you know, you'll know anything along those lines. Right now, again, I think that this advice while well-intentioned from the people giving it, I think it's really does more harm than good because it just infuses a lot of otherwise good, healthy relationships with a lot of doubt. Because the reality is for most of us, there will be moments of doubt and there will be some uncertainty and there will be this sense of having to choose someone. And I think that that's normal and natural and actually healthy, right? As I said in the previous point, it's like we're going to be settling in some respect. We're going to be compromising in some respect. There's no perfect 100% ideal person out there. And so this sense of like 
if the person is right for you, you should never have any doubts about them or the relationship. I think that that's just unrealistic and it's setting ourselves up and setting our partners and relationships up with these really, really high unrealistic expectations that are really just fueling anxiety and worry and overthinking and doubt. And then I think when we're coming to our relationships with the energy of scrutiny and doubt and worry and anxiety, then that really affects the way that we show up and leads to this, you know, sense of having one foot in, one foot out of being a bit flighty, of looking for cues on whether this is the right relationship or not. And it really inhibits us from showing up in a way that we're our best selves and we're able to connect with our partner in a really authentic way that allows us to build an even stronger, better relationship. So rather than this advice of when you know, you'll know, I think the better advice, again, messier, less black and white, more nuanced is there will be times when you'll feel doubt. But again, if we can go back to those core values, like what do I really care about in my relationship? What's important to me? Are my partner and I aligned on the big things that matter? Do we have fun together? Do I feel safe with this person? Do we care about each other? You know, do I feel supported and am I able to support them? Do we have mutual respect? These are the things that count. So I think that if you're waiting for some, you know, sweep me off my feet fireworks moment and feeling that not having that level of, you know, fairy tale certainty around your relationship means there's something wrong. I'd really encourage you to let go of that because for the vast majority of people, you know, who you choose to be in a relationship with is, is that it's a choice. And that doesn't mean that there's anything lacking or wrong or bad about it. It's just not the storybook, you know, it plot and, and messaging that we've been served up and sold so many times. The next piece of relationship advice that I think is largely unhelpful is to treat your partner the way that you want to be treated. Now, I think we get told this, I certainly got told this from when I was a young child, not in the context of a partner, obviously, but to treat others the way we'd like to be treated. And I think that we all can kind of understand that in some context that makes sense. So to be kind, to be caring, to be thoughtful, um, all of those, you know, to be honest, to be respectful. I think that that certainly applies in the context of romantic relationships, but where we can come unstuck and where I certainly see a lot of people come unstuck from an attachment point of view is all of the other stuff, right? And again, not the core value stuff, but like behavioral preferences, um, how they like to be loved and, you know, how they like to be treated in a day-to-day sense I think when we get into the territory of just projecting all of our own preferences and forcing that on our partner, hoping that that's some sort of effective way to communicate how we'd like to be treated, whether it's about the reciprocity and trying to elicit the reciprocity from them, or it's just because we are assuming that what works for us works for them. Either way, I don't think that that's very helpful. So my alternative advice here would be you know, treat your partner with love, care, respect, uh, but be curious as to what that means for them and be curious beyond those really core values, how they like to be treated. So if they like more space than you do, if their love languages are different to yours, if, you know, they're an acts of service person and you're a physical touch person and you're, you know, draping yourself all over them all the time, but you're never, you know, going out of your way to help them with an act of service, you might be, 
you know, treating them the way you'd like to be treated. You might be doing things for them and to them that would feel really good if you were on the receiving end, but it's not necessarily what works for them. So rather than projecting your way and acting accordingly, again, whether that's in the hope of eliciting reciprocity and, you know, communicating indirectly, hopefully if I do this, they'll get the hint that that's what I want. Um, or whether it's just because you don't know any better, be curious Remind yourself that your partner is a completely different person to you with all of their own history and their own stuff. And that again, healthy relationships, thriving relationships are built on curiosity and an ongoing curiosity as to who your partner is and who they're becoming and how you can love them better. So ask that question, how could I love you better? Um, you know, how could I support you better? have those conversations and, you know, adjust accordingly rather than just assuming that your way is the only way um, and maybe missing each other in the process, missing these opportunities for connection and growth as a couple. Okay. So the next piece of bad relationship advice. Okay. This is, this is really bad. This one is the classic quote of you. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. So to me, I think this is one of those things that just gets put on on memes and elsewhere and, you know, people put it in their Instagram bio for some reason. And to me, it always um, signals emotional immaturity. It's this sense of, you know, digging your heels in, doubling down on bad behavior, on, you know, reactivity, on lashing out, on, you know, not taking responsibility for where your behavior missed the mark or fell short of what you would expect in a healthy, mutually respectful relationship. And just sort of saying like, that's the way I am. Um, anything with that sentiment of like, well, that's just how I am. And you just have to deal with it is not healthy. That is not a good mindset to be bringing to a relationship. That is bad advice. And I think that that quote really enables that kind of mindset and sort of validates it as a good way to go about relationships when I think it's actually just, as I said, self-absorbed and, and quite emotionally immature. So I think the better thing is, you know, if your partner says it didn't work for me when you were, you know, being crazy and, and screaming and yelling or, you know, whatever thing you might've done that would, would classify as your worst in the sense of that quote, I think we have to look at it and go, yeah, I, I didn't behave well there. Um, you know, and I'm really sorry about that. And I'm going to put in place changes so that, that we don't keep doing that rather than thinking that your good behavior somehow cancels out your bad behavior and you can, you can net off in the middle. That's just not really how it works. Um, and I think that, you know, there's, there's a broader point there. I think whenever anyone in a relationship tries to say, excuse a bad thing by reference to a good thing, I just think that kind of misses the point a little. So own your stuff, take responsibility for where you missed the mark or where you, where you fell short and, you know, put in place accountability and commitments on, on how you can prevent that from happening going forward. That's the healthy relationship advice. Once again, messy and not very sexy, but that's what it takes to put in the work. Okay. And last but not least is also very common advice that you have to love yourself first. You have to love yourself before you can be loved by someone else before you can experience a healthy relationship. Uh, that self-love is some sort of prerequisite to love with another. And putting to one side 
my personal views on self-love generally, which you may have heard me speak about, which is essentially that I think while self-love is, you know, a, a worthy goal for some, and it's certainly not that there's anything wrong with it as a concept for so many people who aren't in that place. And I think that's most of us just telling people to love themselves feels very out of reach. It feels abstract. It's like the people who need that most are not going to be able to do anything with it because it's so far away. So putting to one side that I have, I have issues with like self-love advice. I think that it's just factually untrue that you need to love yourself before you can love someone else and be loved by them in a healthy way. I think the better advice would be that healthy relationships are extremely healing and you can go to a relationship and really deeply transform your relationship with yourself through the container of that relationship. Now, if you have a lot of baggage, so to speak, if you have had a lot of pain and wounding and trauma, then having a healthy relationship might be hard. So I think the things to work on rather than self-love are self-awareness, you know, emotional regulation, emotional maturity, communication skills, setting healthy boundaries, all of these things, uh, you know, vulnerability, the ability to listen, uh, the ability to reflect on your own behavior and, and be willing to do things differently. These are the kinds of things that help you to have the relationship that will allow you to find more love towards yourself, that will allow you to have a healthy love that in turn, you know, blossoms out into the rest of your life, ripples out into the rest of your life and allows you to experience, you know, the transformative power of a secure relationship. So I don't agree with that prerequisite of self-love. And I think that if anything, that really feels disheartening for a lot of people who are so far away from self-love and think that therefore they're never going to have a healthy relationship because they can't imagine, they can't fathom ever really reaching that place of self-love. So if they see that as, you know, a necessary stop on the road to having a healthy relationship with another, that can feel really demoralizing and disheartening. So rest assured, if that's you and you've heard that advice and it's gotten you down, that's not the case. But I do think that your capacity to attract and sustain a healthy relationship that can be really healing is so aided by you doing the work of cultivating greater self-awareness and self-responsibility in your relationships. So I hope that that has been helpful in reframing some of those very common bits of advice of, you know, (laughs) questionable quality in my mind, and that some of the alternative pieces of advice that I've offered up um, have given you a perspective that that allows you to step towards building healthier relationships in a more constructive, less black and white way and, and maybe remove some of the fear and anxiety that I think can really come as a result of, of all of that, you know, pop advice. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a five-star rating if you're listening on Spotify or leave a review if you're listening on Apple, anywhere else that you can leave a review and you're, you're listening that's really so appreciated. It makes a huge difference in getting the word out and helping the podcast to continue to grow and reach and help more people. So I am as always very grateful for you being here and for your support and I will see you again soon. Thanks guys. 
Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.